good morning, possibly good night, depending on where and or when you hear this podcast. It is I, Lee Zellers. Yeah, it's been a minute. I know some of you probably saying, Lee, can you be, if you're going to do the podcast thing, could you be a little bit more consistent with it? And I really want to be. Uh, I think where, I think I can be, okay? I'm going to really give it that college try and be a lot more uh, consistent with the podcast. Um, hey, glad whoever's listening is listening. Um, yeah, I, I, I do want to get on here more and and talk and to whoever might be listening and whoever can relate to what I'm talking about. Or if you can relate or whatever. Um, again, like I said, my name is Lee Zellers. But I haven't already said that. See, as you get older, you forget. Sometimes you be thinking, damn, thinking to yourself, did I say my name? Or did I not do that in the intro? Yes. Like, that's something I'm going to even, you know, kind of talk about. Just the whole, like, because, like, this, this podcast is not for the, you know, people who got the short attention span and needs to TikTok and the 30 seconds videos and stuff like that. This is for us old school people who can like sit back and listen to somebody carry on a conversation 30 minutes or longer because our attention span is suspended. It goes, you know. Um, and so I've been like having all these different ideas um, about Doing a podcast, going back to doing some other stuff that I used to do with the podcast, which was sometimes talk about movies, or sometimes I do a podcast where I bring guests on, and I was planning on doing a, uh, really, before I got on here to do this podcast, I was planning on doing a podcast where I was going to be talking about different filmmakers and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, where, where did I begin? Uh, first, it kind of helps when I open up one of these cold ones. Um, it's nothing like having a nice drink of nice cold beer while you're doing a podcast. Just don't spill the beer on the console. Spill the wine. Get that girl. Yeah. Um, you might hear a little noise in the background. It's from the... AC unit on the first floor below me. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, you heard that noise just then? It's my stomach. Had uh, ice cream cake. Been wanting to have some ice cream cake for some time now. So, I've had some and now I'm guessing ice cream cake and beer maybe don't go together. But anyway, so, like, I've, I've been, like, really busy with a lot of stuff. Um, for some of you who don't know, I do independent movies here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, just wrapped up two feature films, pretty much shot back to back. Anybody uh, know anything about filmmaking? Uh, you know, that was an ordeal, especially when you're doing it uh, guerrilla style with no budget and all that kind of stuff and working with a lot of people who are not really like, you know, skilled actors or professional actors or whatever. Um, um, scheduling is, oh my God, 
it's a tough, it's a tough gig. It's a very tough gig, but that's over now. And feature films, uh, for me, um, is, I just think it's a thing of the past. I just can't, as I get older and, and this, that's, that's what this, you know, this conversation is kind of about as we get older, you get to where some things you just don't have the tolerance or the patience for. And when I was a f- earlier in my filmmaking career, if you want to call it that, um, I did have the patience. Um, I had the time. I, you know, whatever it took. Um, that was then. This is now. As I approach the age of 62 in a couple months. Um, overall, I feel pretty good. Body yeah, I could use some work, of course. Uh, most of us can, so don't stay. Don't be laughing out there before you, you know, check your own self in the mirror. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, I feel pretty good. But I just also, as I get older, older, I sound like I'm saying older, like old, like something you smell. Um, as I get older, as I age, let me say that, um, there's some things I just don't have the sort of patience for um just um rather not do um it took me probably the last these last three films to understand that the way that I've done this stuff in the past is not what I want to do anymore and this is I think plays in the whole uh age as you age you you try to work smarter um you don't try to yeah let me just lug in all this equipment let me just throw all this gear on my back and just carry all this stuff and you know the way you just can't body may still be in pretty good shape but it's like hey keep trying to do this kind of stuff i'm gonna hurt you so you try to work smarter so I do that by sometimes taking less equipment in and um, not trying to carry as much and all that kind of stuff and just take what I need and that kind of thing. But I don't want to get too much off into the whole film thing because I don't, this is not for a film audience. This is just for people who like um, somewhat myself would have moved this mic back and hear some noise. Um, where we sort of entering that, I don't even want to call it a third chapter of your life or something. That's what I feel like. I feel like this is one of my third chapter because the first chapter, I was a pretty much like a freelance photographer and did that stuff. Um, second one was getting into the whole independent film thing, which I've done now for about a decade. So now I'm just kind of find my way to see what it is I want to do now at the at the place and at the mindset I'm in today uh, approaching 62. So it's different. And it's probably something we all, as we get older, experience. Uh, we go through that process when you break 50. It's like, oh my God, I'm 50, I'm 50. Um, you know, get past that phase. Then you hit, after you, you know, you hit 55 and you know you're in it. You're in the thick of it. You break 60, and then it's kind of like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> yeah, I ain't 50 no more. <laughs> um, 60 is cool. Like, 
I I think I handled 60 far much better probably than 50 or whatever. 50 was that thing where it's like, man, at the halfway mark, big 5-0. You know, it, it like, it, it, it seals everything that you're no longer so-called young. People say, hey, 50 is young. No, it's not. It's halfway. To, it's at the halfway mark. That's not young. It's not horribly old, or, you know, but it's not really that young either. 25 and 30 is young. Um, but it's cool. Um, I'm, I'm adjusting, you know, I'm adjusting to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's just the process, you know, and you just want to go as long as you can and be able to do as much as you can that you're comfortable with. And, you know, um, you know, it's, that's the thing, I guess. Um, but sometimes there's these moments where things happen. Justice Mike again. I hope you don't get too noisy. Um, there's sometimes there's these moments where you like, I they like aha moments, and aha moments are good. I don't know what that was. I don't know if you heard that noise, but I don't know what that was. Um, this is when I said aha moments. Aha moments. Wait to see if I can hear it again. Aha, aha moments are good because they're kind of like your own little sort of wake up type thing, and um. My, I kind of discovered my sort of recent aha moment watching a episode of Kevin uh, Hart, Heart to Heart. And in that episode, he had a um, rapper, producer, extraordinaire, Dr. Dre on there who kept repeating several times, like, I don't come out for just anything. He gives the impression, I'm pretty sure the guy is a pretty busy man, obviously, with all the stuff he probably got going on. But it was the way he kept saying, I don't just come out for anything. You know, like, I'm cool where I'm at. So at one point during the the interview, um, Kevin asked him the question, like, so, you know, when are we going to get that next Dre album, that next Chronic album, whatever. <laughs> and Dre said to him, Kev, I'm 58, and don't hit me with that, what you did to Don Cheeto, when Don Cheeto told you how old he was. And Kevin Hart went, damn! <laughs> um, but Dre was like, I'm 58. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not trying to create nothing so I can be out there on the mic like in the front again. Like, that's not where I'm at. He said, I could be back here in this, over here in this, in this back area doing the sound and music thing, but nah, that's, that's, that's not where I'm at. That's for a different group. And it, it like kind of hit me like a day later, just thinking about, you know, because you don't get to see Dr. Dre in many interviews. Uh, he's not one of the kind of people that's always out there want to, you know, talk to every camera on mic that's in his face. But 
like I said, a couple of days after that, I just kind of thought about that interview. And I'm like, he's 58 and I'm 61. And um, yeah, you, you like, you think about the work that you've already put in and you, you, you realize like, basically like, kind of like, I don't have to keep going hard in the paint. Right? Any females that's listening that probably don't watch basketball or understand that sort of kind of terminology about going hard in the paint. That's like for basketball players who down there by the rim in the painted area. That's where the battles used to take place back in early basketball games. Today, it's kind of like, it's not too many battles in the paint. It's like, let me drop these three points and let it rain on you. Let let me rain these three points down on you. It's a different game, but it's still cool. And that's part of like life. Uh, This thing we call life, uh, the whole uh, aging process. It's, It's not even just where you can just keep the whole process at in a human form, it's in everything pretty much that humans have created, even the game of basketball. Like I said, uh, you know, playing hard in the paint, that's not where the game is at. The game has like rolled to something else. It has spread out more. It's a, you know, uh, a three-pointer, a three-point shooter type game. Um, and the audience likes that. Like back when the guys played in the paint, the audience liked that. But I'm kind of digressing a little bit. But still, on a reference of hard, playing hard in the paint, I've been playing hard in the paint for a while. A lot of you have been playing hard in the paint for a long time. Um, different facets in your life, different things you're doing in your life, it could be sports, it could be work, it could be entertainment, it could be anything uh, that you've been like really passionate about, still passionate about. But when you're younger, you go kind of harder at this stuff. And then you might be still kind of going hard at it as you get older. But then for me, that aha moment was kind of like, do I need to be still going so hard in the paint when it's a different game? It's the same way like in the NBA, you know, you can still be down there playing hard in the paint, but the game is on the outside. It's at the three point line, the fadeaway jump shot, which that's always been part of the game too, but it's a different game. So it's it's just like the game of life. So you have to approach things differently. I think as you get older. So it's like, I've like sort of came to this sort of conclusion in just a couple of days as if like, I'm not interested in going hard in the paint no more. Like, um, I don't want to walk away from the game, but I don't feel the need to like, you know, continue to go hard in the paint. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Like, there's other ways as you get older, as you age, to still do the things you enjoy doing and getting the satisfaction from it, but maybe not going at it so hard. 
Because sometimes when you're going at it so hard, when you when when you're full of youth, <laughs> you don't have no choice but to go at it hard because you got all of this zeal and this energy, and it just make you like. But when you're in the midst of that, and it's what you love, and you just do it, and you just do it, and you just do it, and you just do it. At some point, you kind of wake up and you be like, "Damn, you know, the buzzard! <laughs> they themselves, the buzzard, to stop the game for a minute. I've been going hard at this for a minute." And you see the different things you've done. You see the progress and stuff like those those type of things. Um, but then you also kind of like you also see the sort of maybe psychological and physical wear that it takes on you or toll it takes on you and when you start being more aware of that you might ask your question so do I need to still keep going hard like this when <sighs> it's different um, those things you're trying to prove or whatever trying to showcase or whatever you probably have already done that um whatever heights you might be trying to achieve either you might have already achieved those heights and they might not get no higher than that or they might be higher might be you just gotta keep playing hard in the paint you never know um but it depends on what you're trying to get if you're trying to get just get that, you know, that championship ring and you feel like you haven't got it yet, then I guess you'll keep going hard at it in the paint, or you you'll go hard at it and be smarter and play the game, the new game where you stretch it out to the three point line. I'm kind of like sort of in between that. Not so much want to go hard in the paint. And not so much that I want to press hard on the three-point line, but still just want to play the game and still play it well. And when I'm the championship ring, if the opportunity comes where I win in my division, <laughs> get to the playoffs, whatever, whatever, it's cool. But that's, you know, that was never like the whole thing for me. It was like just to create and do stuff. So, but... That's that's how life is. And it's so different when you I, I describe it as being at 60,000 feet. When I broke the age 60, it's like I'm at 60,000 feet and I look down and I look down and, and things looks different from up here. You know, as you look down on everything else, it looks different. Um, it looks different the view is different your perspective is different your thinking and all of that kind of stuff is different your body is a little different so you have to treat everything else sort of different and that Dre interview sort of just kind of like helped open my eyes to like some things that I like maybe you know wasn't always paying attention to and that's that need to like continue to go hard at this stuff and it's just like after the past 
films that just kind of have a different vibe about as far as like wanting to do the stuff the way I've been doing it. So, so in, in, in a nutshell, you know, just to say in life that when we change physically and mentally and things around us is changing, advancing, technology-wise or whatever, you got to make adjustments. And, you know, you got to make your adjustments where they're going to suit you and fit you the way you need them to, to fit you and stuff. Because I don't know about you, but we live in a whole different world today. Like, and I don't want to sound like, you know, like that old dude, you know, like, just don't get it. Like, I used to feel like that about my dad, who was like, you know, I feel like he didn't get it. Like, I remember me and my sister be like, like watching Soul Train in the morning, and we've been there chilling and join Don Cornelius and whatever artist he had on there that my father would walk in and he would make these comments about the clothes, the hair, the dancing and stuff. And they saw he just be like, this guy just don't get it. You know, he's just too old. You don't get it. And I used to always be like, I don't want to be like that. And I've seen a lot of people like that over the years where it's just, I felt like they just be, they reach a point where they just be out of touch and they comfortable with it. Because they never try to stay in touch. They just went along with the aging, developing process in their life and how it played out. And they never try to sort of like, well, I want to try to stay in touch with the, the music scene, uh, whatever scene, and the clubbing scene and the styles. They just didn't. And it's not, for me, it's not like, something that I like I got like you know really pay attention to like music and pay attention to the clothes and stuff because I don't want to be out of touch I just just kind of because I think of doing photography and film and music and film and stuff like that it always sort of kept me close to it but today sometimes I'll be like I can't I'm telling you look I'm going to go off course here for a second I don't know how the rest of you people, however many of you are listening, how you're seeing things out here, but things out here is pretty crazy. Like, I don't know how much of it, and I'm and okay, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know how much of it is due to COVID, the pandemic, but I do know this. Prior to, things did not seem as batshit crazy as it do today. And I think some of you can agree to that. Like, people behavior is just off the chain. The anger, the hostility, the impatience... The impatient, do you pay, watch how people drive, the amount of accidents that you see, the amount of damaged car, like, like when, during my time, look, coming up in the 70s, 
in the 80s. Like, I don't remember seeing, like, side mirrors hanging off the side of cars. I just don't remember. I'm sorry. I just don't remember seeing that. But I see that all the time. Like, why are people getting their side mirrors side swipe so much? I don't know. It's probably speeding everybody's in a freaking hurry to get nowhere. And it sometimes just like, it just like driving sometimes is not like always a joy. It's sort of like a task or something that has to be done. Because you just don't know out here today. You don't know. Like, I, I drive at the, pretty much at the speed limit. A few miles over, depending where I'm at, and if there's not no cars around, and it's like nice evening, and it's nice night weather out, and I might have the windows down or whatever, I might be cruising a few miles under the speed limit. We did back then. We called it cruising. People don't know nothing about that. Today... People would drive right up on your bumper as if to tell you, like, you better either, you better speed up. Like, I'm coming. You better, but see, I, I just don't, I, I don't do it. Like, if there's a way I can get over, I get over to let the net job go by. But if I can't get over it, you just got to wait until it's time for you, a chance you can get over it. I've seen people do some crazy stuff just to go around. Like, go right ahead. And I've seen some people do that stuff one time when it was winter time. The guy just like driving up behind me. I wasn't going fast enough for snow on the ground. This clown flies around me. And right when he does it, starts slightly going down his heel. He loses control and runs into a wall. Of course, yeah, I drove by and just kind of looked over at him and like thinking, you know, give him that look. That was it worth it look? Was it? Was it? Was it worth it look? Um, yeah, it's a different beast out here. And, um, I don't know. It's so much that's happening. And so I just, you know, been like thinking of the different things, the different podcast ideas I've been having. I've got the equipment for it. And I was kind of like, you know, well, you could do this. You can have guests over here. Uh-huh. And then they just hit me when I just started thinking about some of the stuff with Dr. Dre and just some of the things going on in our society today. And then just thinking about how I'm a person who I like to conversate, I like to talk. Um, just like I like to talk, I like to listen because I listen a lot. And um, so I'm, I'm just figuring if anybody who decides on to drop by my podcast, give a listen, like I said, your, if your attention span is the, the, the attention span of TikTok or whatever, uh, just not podcast for you. Um, but it's crazy out here. Like some of the, the stuff that that I guess what seems crazy to me don't seem crazy to the next guy. Like I heard this story today. Like, it was kind of strange to me because, like, here in Cincinnati, I don't know if anybody outside of here from Cincinnati is hearing the podcast. I don't know who's listening. But out, but here in Cincinnati, um, it's been just a couple of weeks ago, we had the singer uh, Taylor Swift come to our fair city. And 
you know, you hear the term, a takeover, that it was. It's all about the Swifties. It was all about, prior to Taylor Swift, you turn on the news, and we turn on the news, they say something like, uh, 2 a.m. overnight, man was shot um, in Silverton. Um, um, 11 p.m. before that, a few hours before that, there was another victim, uh, a person found him to a victim over in uh, English Woods, uh, and I was shooting a uh, drive-by. And, you know, that that was pretty much the news. Accidents, shooting, uh, uh, road rage, then they throw something in there about sports and weather every once in a while. But then Taylor Swift comes to the city. And the only news you heard was Swifties, Taylor Swift. That's all you heard. And it, I, it literally got to the point where I could not turn on the regular news because I was like, I just can't. I just can't do another day of hearing about Taylor Swift and the Swifties and the sparkle and all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, back to why I started talking about Taylor Swift. So I see the story on the news today. And I guess the numbers or whatever have all come in. And the city was of Cincinnati. Like we Taylor Smith, Taylor Swift, the Swifties, the Swifties boost the economy here. Brought $10 million. $10 million. What the economy grew from the week the Swifties was here. Taylor Swift and the Swifties. Now, that's that was the story. But then it goes even deeper. So then they say, Taylor Swift, I believe she was in Chicago. Two nights, three nights, I can't remember. Most of the hotels were sold out. There's no room. You can't get a hotel. Swifties. The Swifties are there. They're taking them all the hotels. But the hotels are loving it because they say we haven't seen this kind of activity since prior to the pandemic. And we, we quite never recovered you know, totally since then. But the Swifties, the Swifties, they saved us. So the guy that's doing the story about Taylor Swift takes it a step further and said, Taylor Swift is helping the U.S. economy. Yeah, that, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's what they say. I'm, I'm, I kid you not. He said Taylor Swift is really helping out the U.S. economy. So I'm expecting probably in a couple of days we'll see Taylor Swift standing beside Joe Biden. Joe Biden introducing her as, I don't know, some kind of secretary of treasury or some form of, I don't know. know. Um, Now, it's not to knock it because, hey, if it's working and it's helping out, it's helping out. And I kind of get it because, like, okay, her being here for those two days boosts the economy about $10 million. You're talking restaurants, hotels, um, boutiques, um, transportation, party buses, Uber. I guess the list goes on. Yeah, makes sense. So she's like, okay, this Cincinnati, let's go and help out Chicago and go to Chicago and boost the economy by another $10 million. Then, hey, let's leave Chicago and let's go to, hey, St. Louis and 
So, you know, hey, um, Taylor Swift's going to help save the American economy. Um, but, like, again, never in music entertainment history have there ever been a story like this. I just don't think so. I don't know if have you been like you know paying attention to this whole strike thing, and I'm not trying to make this into like a news show or anything like that. But it's just sometimes it's just like it's just want to. I just want to sometimes just you know talk about some stuff that's going on that affects us all because a lot of us we at that place in our lives. Like I said, you know, you start getting older. You like you know you got to go out, do your job, maybe get out of work. You got to go to the grocery store. You got to go pick up the kids. You got to go to the gym. You got a few things you got to do. And at some point, you got to come in, fix your meal, prep for tomorrow, whatever. And then you got a few hours maybe to kick back and watch you some Netflix. But, hey, you know, there's a writer and actor strike. Oh, my And this thing, like, this could go on for a minute. No new content. Reruns. Room for uh, <laughs> non-sag actors and writers like the independent guys. Like, <laughs> see, now they have to crazy. Like, you know, the Netflix people be like, hey, you know, uh, those, those guys out there who make these movies for, like, very little money and they're not union. Maybe we can get some of them, you know. They didn't want to pay us coins like they're paying everybody else in a sense. It's crazy. The um, the strike thing, you know, and I would like uh, Leslie Jones, uh, the comedian, actress, formerly on Saturday Night Live. She put out a video just in her disgust of things people are saying about the strike and um, how... Um, they don't, you know, they just uneducated and and got it all wrong, thinking it's all about rich actors trying to get more money. And I'm pretty sure it's not that. I'm pretty sure the Tom Cruise and you know the Jamie Foxx of the world. I hope Jamie is doing better. Um, these people are paid fairly well, um, but then you have these lesser known actors who you probably see on TV series and stuff like that. They're not getting the kind of residuals that probably like a Ice T would get for his part on Law and Order, and um, it's it's just kind of messed up. Like, it's okay, I just want to. I just found this one little thing I just want to read, and it just says like, uh, um, basically, kind of what I'm talking about. This this was underlined by a recent feature in the New York. The New Yorker concerning the miserable compensation received by cast members on the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Y'all remember that? I watched the first season. I'm not a big series person. I'll probably talk about that at some point. Um, Kamiko Glenn, who played Brooke Soso, posted a video to Instagram in which she opened a SAG after foreign royalty statement. And uh, despite starring on a huge 
award-winning series that helped pave the way for the current glut, <laughs> current glut they called it, uh, streaming originals, discovered she'd been paid just $27.30. Another cast member, Matt McGorry, replied to the Post revealing that he had to keep his day job throughout filming because he couldn't support himself on his acting salary. And yet, you seeing them like in what eight, ten episodes of Orange's New Black. But here's the sort of catch thing to this, if I'm correct about this. When they create these series like Orange or there's a new black or whatever, and they have like, I don't know, eight episodes, ten episodes, twelve episodes a season. They shoot all of those 12 episodes and they load. <laughs> I have to tell you these people, they, 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 they four chess moves down the road. So they load all of these episodes on. It might be 12 episodes for a season, say if it's Orange or the New Black or whatever. So I'm guessing like, you going in with a certain salary, I guess, I don't know, certain pay scale salary or whatever going in. And, but if Orange, I'm thinking if Orange was the new black, say if it was on like ABC or NBC as a TV series on your regular network, and you would only see one episode a week. So, when they shoot that entire season, and then in, and then in the off season they do the reruns until they get the next season up, or it's in reruns. If not on uh, maybe ABC here, if it's on reruns, maybe I don't know in another country or something like that, another network. I don't know. Um, you're getting the residuals because it's you get it for every episode that's in air. But when Orange is a new black, 12 episodes, and they all been shot and loaded up at one time, it's, it's not like, you know, it's, it's, it's getting played over other than it's, it's, it's loaded there for you to stream it anytime you want to. So you're doing the streaming. It's not the network putting it up. It's there for you to see. So that thing that plays, if I'm explaining some of it right, plays into the effect of how somebody, you know, is not helping them far with the residuals that they would get from it. Then also I saw where if the residuals or whatever that you, you're getting are, or whatever your uh, scale fee or whatever it is they're paying you, if it don't equals out to like I think twenty seven or thirty thousand dollars a year, you can't apply for the health care that's provided. Like everybody's like got to wait, but but the studios are making crazy money. We just live in this like society where it's always somebody always got to be getting over on somebody. Well, we just can't be fair. 
And we know it's not fair, but we'll find another way to look at it. It's just like, well, you know, the person get opportunity, getting paid something, they're on TV, increase opportunity for them to get on other shows, blah, 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 showcase their talent. <laughs> and like, so when it comes to the whole series thing, like, I'm old school. Like, I came up on Dallas and shit, you know? Like, I had to wait, like, when I watched, like, Dynasty. I had to wait a whole week to see how Alexis and Linda was, you know, going to deal with a certain issue with the Carringtons or whatever. Nowadays, again, it's the attention span thing. Like, you don't, they don't want, you don't have to wait for nothing. Like, it's crazy. I've, I've actually heard people say this, like, where a certain series that they enjoy watching, they'll load the whole series up. And the people, like, they'll watch the whole series within, like, two days, binge, what they call binge watching. I'm binge watching this. I'm going to binge this. I'm going to be binging. We're binging. Binging all night. And they'll binge watch this entire series that they waited almost six months to a year for them to load it on. And now they got to wait six months to a year before they see the next one because they don't watch the entire thing. You couldn't see the networks, and this was before streaming and all that kind of stuff. They didn't have no choice but to put up a episode one of Dynasty, uh, Dallas, uh, Flamingo, whatever it was, uh, Flamingo thing series, whatever. You know, uh, you had to wait a week to see, you know, you had to wait another week to see the stuff. And God forbid, when it came on the following week, there wasn't no kind of national breaking news where they interrupted your program and then they said, we resumed it after this breaking news is over. That's not a problem now because it's always there. Because there's a uh, today culture is right about right now. I don't want to wait. I want now. And I think that plays into a lot of the psyche of how people think. That's why I come, we have people who drive and behavior. They can't wait for the light to change from red to green. They got to go. It's like, I got I to gotta go. I need now. And I guess it's like, as I talk about the aging process, maybe when you're of that age and that's the, the world you're living in, you don't see it that way. This is just how it is. But we know. We know. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I know that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not, it just shouldn't be. Like, us old school, I know old schools like that can't deal with a lot of the technology as simple as a smartphone. Um, you know. So a lot of the stuff to, to them, to us, is so different. Never in our time did you just have the total endless amount of streaming platforms where you can, if like, and it's people who will say this because I've been in that situation sometimes with Netflix. Like, I can't find nothing to watch. Because you like you're given everything, everything is at your disposal, 
to where it don't allow you to want something because it's all right there versus like if you had to wait, you know, for, you had to wait for it, but you don't have to wait for none of this stuff now. All of this stuff is right there. And I don't think some people see like how to me, all of this advancement in the technology, I just think it's going to be what's going to bring this country, this planet to its end. AI, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, some of us old here, you hear AI film, AI who? AI who? AI, oh, AI to do shit around the corner? AI, yeah, I remember. No, just artificial intelligence, man. We here. We are here. It's happening. The technology is so advanced, it's creating its own shit. Is this, I mean, like, is is this, as you look around, is this really where we want to be? I mean, we can't, we have a choice because we hear it now, but was this really the plan? Minus everything but those flying cars, which is coming. I forget uh, what part of government are who it is that approve um, what motor vehicles, I guess, uh, transportation secretary or whatever. Uh, um, But a company has been okay to start manufacturing flying cars. Like, we've always been saying, you see all this advanced technology. We got a phone, camera, all of this right on blood pressure, check my pulse, how many miles I walk, call home, all of this right on our wrist. If that's, if that's not like the gestures, I don't know what. We got a box that sits in the corner on the table. And if you talk, to, if you say, Alexa, call Dave, calling Dave. If Dave don't answer, would you like me to leave a message? Sure, Alexa. I mean, so that's what was missing, the flying car. We all understand, you know, like, where is the damn flying cars? Well, I'm guessing soon we'll have them. And I can only imagine what it's going to be like. People crash landing to the streets on fire propellers flying off of these vehicles hitting pedestrians on the street it's just going to be chaos I I always say this and I guess because I'm kind of an old school old head we don't need all this stuff I repeat we do not need all of this stuff just this generation, X generation, whatever generation you want to call it, they look at some of the stuff. It's just, it's just an easy, a nice convenience. No, it's like I remember Spike Lee saying this a long time ago. It's, it's what they're dummying down the nation. They're dummying down the country, and they are, and they not that they are, they have, like 
the pand if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, it taught us that you literally, if you can stomach it, <laughs> you don't have to leave your house. Everything can be brought to you. What we eating tonight? Like chilies, uh, Fridays, what McDonald's, what? Uber Eats, bring you the food. Morning, noon, and night. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. I need some clothes. Or Amazon. Or the clothes. Order what you want. Yeah. Maybe a nice drink. Movies coming on. Game coming on. Order your some alcohol. Stream whatever. And if you do have a desire, that you do decide you want to venture out, you can get in your self-driving Tesla and have it drive you to where you want to go. And then when you get to where you want to go, you don't even have to get out your car. You can do all this curbside pickup. The only thing you can do is you can get in your car, probably dress in your pajamas, have your car drive you to the location if you want to do a curbside pickup. They just haven't figured out how can we get you lifted from the car and carried back inside your house and put you back on the couch like you never moved. If they figure that out, they'll, they'll do it because that's where we're at. Like we've gotten to where we want the car to drive us. Like, we don't even want to drive. We don't even want to put our hand on the steering wheel and touch gas pedals and brakes no more. So, it's for, so it, when you're showing this stuff to people who are like in their 70s and 80s, they're looking at this stuff like, you mean the thing? Tell me what? If I touch that button, it'll do what? I'm trying to call my grandson. I ain't got to pick up the phone. I could just who's a, uh, tell Alexa to call my grand. Who the hell is Alexa? Ain't no damn Alexa in my house. Yes, you do. Let's say Alexa, call grand, call the grandkids. Go ahead. Alexa, call the grandkids. Calling grandkids. That's where we at. So. Basically, I mean, I just think it's like we like, you just have to like, in this whole growing process, you guys have to kind of try to figure out how you're going to move through this stuff, especially as you age, because things get drastically different. It's like I said, I got people who I know that's like laptop, cell phone, all that kind of stuff. They just, oh, that's not. It's a crazy world. There's some good stuff that's going on out there, though, isn't it? I know it is. Um, this thing with the smoke, the haze, the fire—like this, this, like—how long has Canada been on fire? Like, it's been a month or something. 
I mean, what he kept saying and stuff about the haze and all this kind of stuff, and it's coming down here to America, and he's on like, New York, and he's showing pictures on the news, and New York looking like something from some futuristic Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator movie or something. It's all orange looking, like, what the hell's going on? Then here I am in my fine city of Cincinnati, the Natty, come out the door one day and like, what's, what is this haze? Is this ain't the, this not fall. What is this? Smoke. Somebody grilling on a Monday morning? The haze from Canada. Every time they talk about the haze on the news, they never show any shots. I like. I would like when you're talking about this haze, this fire from Canada is bringing this. I need for you to cut from the weatherman and cut to the fires in Canada, so I can see this stuff because they don't ever show me this stuff. I don't know where this stuff is coming from. I don't. I don't. You know. I. Ain't got, I don't have friends in Canada. They can look out their window and say, yeah, leader, this is still the fire. Yeah, the woods are still on fire, man. The forest is still on fire. I don't know where this stuff is coming from. It's too much craziness going on. We got China flying balloons over us. What's, what is going I mean, what is really going on? I'm not a conspiracy person. But sometimes, I don't know, man. It just gets a little weird out there. Um... I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I know sometimes I be all over the place. That's just kind of who I am. Um, I do look to do this more frequently, though. Like I said, as you get, as we age, we try to do things in a smarter way. And I'm doing this stuff in a smarter way, maybe where I just jump on this mic and don't worry about setting up a camera and recording myself and taking the time to have to edit the video and all that kind of stuff. Just a straight audio podcast. Uh, load this on YouTube and drop a picture and it just be a picture with the audio but it's simpler it's faster, it's quicker, I can get this stuff done and get it out to you but a few people who, want to, who care to listen hope you enjoyed it I enjoyed it it's therapeutic talking communication, try it I will catch you on the next one just stay tuned I'm out